how come I saw pictures of like Ke- uh not Kiefer uh Griffin you like had pictures or something because I saw it on your Instagram. Um, well, that's because I uh, I have pictures from everyone for the cover of the episode because that's like what right. sh- shows up on, on Spotify. Spotify. And originally, I didn't have images, and I found after talking to someone who has a pretty big podcast um, that people appreciate like a picture more because they yeah. can like see who the actual person right. is. Right? No, no, no. Yeah, I get. Th- I thought it was like maybe you were like did a like a. I thought maybe you had like a camera or something. So I did. I used to. It for the first it's just hard, few. Yeah. It's so hard because the camera it does a thirty minute automatic shut off. So you have to get up halfway through and restart. And it. now for our sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> and then that's when you break. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it like messes up the the flow of a conversation. And you can pull the mic down to like so it's like pressed down on the middle part. Oh, you don't want you you want me talking in sideways to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So push on this. Ah, I there see. we go. Word. Yeah, it's kind of tricky. These aren't the best uh, mic stands, but they get the job done. Is this too close? I feel like I'm really close. No, you're good. No, okay. it's fine. Yeah. Um, a lot of people go too far away, but yeah, you want to be talking like that way into the mic. Word. For people just listening, they're like, what on earth are they doing? But if I had a camera that didn't automatically shut off or if I figured out how to do it, I would do video It's too. hard. It's so hard. And then you have to like match the video and the audio. It's just, I mean, you probably have to do stuff like that all the time. Yeah, I'm editing school. a film right now and it's such a pain in the ass because we, you know, we do audio separately because, like, we're yeah. not just going to use the camera's audio. Right. So you have to sync all the shit up. Yeah, it's hard. What's the film? Um, It's like a, it's just like a short film that I'm doing with my, um, we should, we should turn on the podcast and talk about this. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, It's a short film that I'm doing through, like, my school's, um, like, we have, like, a film association and so they'll help you, like, and they have, like, equipment and stuff and so if you, they accept your script, they'll, like, produce it. Okay. Very um, cool. And it's about it's just like a it's just like a little sci-fi thing that I'm doing. So t- tell tell people who are listening who don't know like what program. are we started? Yeah, I thought you knew that. Oh no 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 <laughs> no no no. Off to a great start. Okay, this sorry. Awesome. I, I thought you'd go hello like you know welcome. No, nah, just roll into it, baby. All right, all right, all right, all right. Can we start over? No, we're just gonna keep rolling. But <laughs> are you are you for real? <laughs> just introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, my name is Ben Ketchum. Um. <laughs> I'm twenty. I'm twenty-one years old. Uh, I go to school at the University of North Carolina, and I went to high school. Chapel Wilson. Hill. Chapel Hill. Let's go. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we uh, we've known each other for a while now. Yeah, uh, it's been about. Um, dang, dude! Like, oh, because you were in my advisory in like middle school. Dude, I always forget that too. That's a, that's the weird thing is we we're in advisory together and then we weren't really close for a few years. Oh, dude, you like we we got off to a good start and yeah. then it was a and then it was like, "Oh, who is this kid?" And you like <laughs> wouldn't talk to me. And then you got real big ego when you got oh, on the varsity man. team in like oh, ninth gosh. and 10th grade. And then uh when I was the coxswain of the varsity boat in junior year, you came around. You're like, eh, "This guy's not bad." We had fun. We had a yeah, lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then those last couple of years um was when we really kind of got to know each other. Yeah, I, I think it was. I wasn't the only one who had the ego in the varsity. I think that's like a varsity boat thing. Is to, it bled over to you? Yeah, by yeah, proxy. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. But you, because you were the young kid, and we had to right. like, show you the way. Right. Yeah, I was a little scared. I remember one time in like freshman year, because Washburn knew that uh, Thomas, the Thomases were leaving, and so he's like, "Well, yeah, we, we need two senior Thomases." How? Yeah. Well, is we that? need. He's like, "Well, we need to get the young kids, you know, into the groove of things." And so I remember being like tenth grade. And I'm going up and Chandler's my stroke seat and I'm sitting there just like shaking, like quaking, <laughs> wor- worrying about my steering and like what calls I'm going to do. And he's just like, 
it's fine. Just do your job. I'm like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> he talked out. to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh We had a lot of fun though. It was yeah. Crew was a time. I was uh that senior year. I didn't have a lot of high expectations for it, um, because obviously a lot of the seniors of the year before had left, and um, that was like a really strong boat that year. And so I wasn't really sure how it was gonna go, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and it was, and because you guys had gotten. Before the the year before I came in, you guys got like I think you guys won Scholastics, didn't you? I think we were second, or, but like we were Park pretty damn close. Yeah. yeah, you got like fourth or fifth in the entire state. Yeah, which, which was is, like really good for a school, especially for like a relatively small, not as experienced program as like yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a relatively small program. I always kind of thought it's unfair that they like just they're like they just make the schools compete against like the the clubs. Yeah, it never made sense to me because no other sport does that. Yeah, none it, of them. None. Why well, cuz it's like, well, I don't know, t- tennis has like the club thing going on, but they don't but it's schools I'm pretty sure tennis is like schools only. Yeah, I don't think they like compete against clubs though because like clubs are always better. Yeah, and you cuz they have the entire like county to pick from basically. Well, and also like they don't have as many rules with when it comes to like practice guideline guidelines like how long they can practice and like stuff like that and they and they also those crews practice they're all they're together like all those crews at states that we race against like most of them are like they've been together since like the fall and like man let's be honest like some of those boats that we had at states it was like we had lineup changes like a couple weeks before <laughs> yeah. and we're like trying to get everyone to know each other and stuff and just like learn kind of the system yeah, I think the varsity boat was the only one that would be like. Stuck. Yeah, that was set in stone. Other than that, it was like who knows. <laughs> yeah, man, the th- like the four V. I don't even think went to states. Like, when I coached, they didn't yeah, go. Like, I didn't bring them. It's a lost cause. Well, because <laughs> the problem was that a lot of kids, a lot of kids that age are in the fourth boat. Like whether they're mostly freshmen, a lot of their parents put them in fifteen other different programs and, and like extracurriculars. And yeah, stuff. yeah. And so like half the week they're gone. And so they miss practice, and then I can't make a full lineup. And then it's like, all right, well, we haven't even practiced together the entire season. Yeah. It's just a mess. Yeah, it is. Um, oof. Yeah. Looking back, though, like, I'm, I'm glad I did it. Like, it's weird to look back and be like, man, I did, like, rowing in high school. It's whenever I tell people that at, at school, because, like, you know, there's, I don't think the, row, the rowing scene is not too big in, up in central North Carolina. Probably not. No. Yeah, so when, <laughs> I, so when I tell people that, it's like, whoa. And I was like, yeah, but... And they're like, well, you did rowing. Like, you have to be pretty fit for that. I was like, yeah, you do. Like, I was, you know, I was like, yeah, I was, I mean, I tell the truth. I I was, yeah, I was the one that sat in the back of the boat and yelled and steered. Yeah. Good experience. We needed you though. Yeah, you did a good job. Until I overgrew, until I literally outgrew the seat. The seat. (laughs) Coach had to be like, listen, you did a great, you did a great job, but um, you're simply too heavy. (laughs) 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 We have to move you out. Um, you're too big. Hey, look, bagged a coach's award for that though. That was that was I was a good sport about it. Happy yeah, to be you a were. good sport about it. Yeah, um, you were a team manager after that, pretty basically, much. Basically, yeah, basically, <laughs> I was like, um, like team mascot. I was yeah, like, go team, go team. You know, uh, I forget how the boat. I think the boat actually because we because man, we had a. F- I feel like we when in your senior year, when I was a junior, we had a great lineup. Everyone. It we, actually was fast because like it was a fast boat. Remember, like, we surprisingly, got, we, we hit split. The we max, split one eleven. We hit one the fastest time a, numbers I ever hit. Yeah, in the boat. Yeah, um, and it was like a. We had a really, and obviously we had that great. Uh, we had that great try meet at UCF, except for. Uh, 
coach got mad at me because I basically steered steered the crew to row an extra hundred meters when I didn't need to. But we still won by a couple. You know, it was a fun because we had come from behind and we had beat Pinecrest and Bulls. But and then we had really. I just I feel like you remember all everyone on the boat. We always hung out with each other. It was like a super yeah. close knit group. Yeah. And we got to states and just like collapsed. And we didn't. Even, I don't even think we we didn't even make the finals. No, I don't think we did. I think it was it, it was literally just like it got built up all throughout the season and i think we peaked early we peaked season. too early and i think we we thought we probably thought we were better than we were um and yeah. i definitely learned a lot from that because it's well because like, like one race we moved on sarasota mm-hmm. i remember at at oars yeah it, was that with you or Cox? Uh, was that yeah, my senior year? you know it might you know it might have been sprint leagues actually and in tampa I don't we, know. We we like walked on Winter Park and in, in uh no, but I know for I know for a fact in one race we like moved on Sarasota and like they kicked it into the fifth gear and then moved away. But like it was just kind yeah, of yeah. Like no, you're right. You're right. But then, but anyway, yeah. Like that. I mean, that junior year, my junior year, your senior year, that was like a really. I mean, that was still a really fun season. But yeah, we kind of like fell apart at states. And then the next year, our boat. I mean, our boat wasn't as good. I, Wait, were you on the team next year? Yeah, I was just I I was coxswain all the way until states. Again? So like, yeah. Oh, really? Like, yeah, he didn't take me out. Remember, you were like, you were coach at that. Oh, time. that's right, right, right. Yeah, because like, he was yeah. the only one the coach award, and so they had taken me off. He took me off just after sprint leagues, and he had kind of been talking to me about it before. He was like, "Listen, like this, this could be it for you because, um, you're doing a really good, you know, you're you're doing a good job, but we just we need someone. The boat can just be moving faster with someone who's li- <laughs> half your size. Um, <laughs> it's just simple math. Because man, I think I was like. Man, I was like 160 at the time. <laughs> and usually and for dude, people who don't like know. That's like a heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. For people who don't know, a coxswain's like 115 usually. Yeah. And you, that's a lot. That may not sound like a lot of weight, but when you're at the back of a boat, it's literally just like, oh, yeah. it, it makes. It's a slog. And yeah. like, I weighed more than. Um, Some of the people on the boat. Oh, most of the people on the boat. <laughs> um, It was crazy. I don't, because I. I was real sick in sophomore year, and so I was real. I mean, I was like, uh, I was like maybe hundred pounds sophomore year. Fast forward a year and a half later, I'm like one fifty five, one sixty. Well, now you're really healthy. Well, right now, yeah, yeah. now, now I'm, you're now I'm like one eighty. Yeah, now I would, great. I would make the boat. No, thank you. I would make the boat go horizontal. Yeah, you would have to be a rower at this yeah, point. No, and I, w- I kind of like regret. Like, I don't know. I kind of wish that I had actually gotten more experience. Pretty much the only wrong I did was like middle school the first couple of weeks until they were like, "You suck. We're gonna make we we we're gonna we're gonna like uh we're gonna load you onto the cot." And I was I because I was new to it. Although in middle school everyone was new to it, so it's not like some feat that I became the middle school you know a boat coxswain. Yeah. Because it was like, well, William Albright was the coxswain at the time. But you remember him? Yeah. And yeah. but then he got he got good. Like he got real athletic, and so then they put him in the boat. Then middle school, I rode for a couple weeks, and then Washburn was like, "Yeah, let's try you out at Coxon because why not?" Yeah. Um, but but our boat did better that senior year when I went out and Nick came in. It was uh, almost like they were weight training all season, ex- dude. It's like it's like when you're um when you're playing baseball and you're in the dugout and you put that weighted ring yep. on the bat, and then and then all of a sudden you take the weight off. And, oh my you're god, swinging. look how easy this is. That's yeah. what it was. And they did make it's pretty smart actually. They they made the finals and I think they got like sixth place. And I mean you know which is like they got like second to last or last, but still I mean it was a much better. It was a better performance outcome. on paper. Yeah, yeah, it was a better performance. 
I just can't believe I went. That was crazy. I mean, it's always fun because that 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 stadium is just so cool. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, it's the world championship. It's a world class course. course. Legitimately, a world class course. It's so fun because. Yeah. But then you're sitting at the starting line and you just see that ref, just the super tall triple decker boat. With oh the my god! It's like terrifying. It's so intense. It gets, it gets your blood pumping. Yeah, it's it's a fun sport though. Um. Yeah, I was like, because I was surprised you. I mean, you were like. Cause you, let's see, you joined in middle, I mean middle school, really, and you went pretty, pretty much straight to the high school team. Yeah, I was on, I was, so I started in eighth grade, and I was on the middle school team for I think like a week and a half or and two weeks. Washburn then, was like, or no, Washburn wasn't there at the time. Uh, right, it was Alton. Alton. Yeah, so he moved me up to the no high school team. Washburn's first year was when my I was a uh, freshman. That's right, because yeah, I was, in, I would have been in eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, Alton moved me up, and I was on the. What they called was the 2V boat, but the weird thing was they had a freshman boat, which was like Griffin, Andrew Gabriel, Andrew Gallant, Wade, all these people, and that boat was actually faster. <laughs> well, yeah, but I thought that was the 3V boat, I was, on the boat, boat like, was faster than the th- I thought Thomas Henley was 3V, Coxon, yes. Kazurski was 2V, but the 3V would routinely beat yes, out the 2V. But they called it the freshman they boat. Called it the fr- they called it because it was just all freshman. It was all freshman. But Dude, that was the team. Like, we had, yeah. I was in a boat with Jack Jolly and Clement. Um, that was Clement the 1V? No, that was the 2V. Who was on one V? Chip and like Cernigliaro. Uh huh. Yeah. And Nick Martin. Yeah. Uh, Nick Martin. And Mr. Then, MIT. Yeah, Mr. MIT. And then some other guys. I don't know if you know, but um, um, Jack Jolly. Yeah, I remember him. Um, remember Clement? Yeah, he was on my boat. Yeah, yeah. Clement was on that yep. boat. Yeah, Clement's hilarious. Cool. Yeah, Clement's a funny guy. Um, but then yeah, but then you went up to the you went up to the <laughs> A boat like I think in freshman year at some point. But then I got booted off. Right. Yeah, because I went on because I went on spring break. Well, and I remember, I remember. I think I was a freshman, and you were. And no, no, you, you were an eighth grader. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the two V. I mean the the two K incident. You were two K, and you. Oh, dude, that you was stopped rough too. 2K. Wilson, what are you doing? Dude, that was one of the worst athletic moments. You gotta keep going. That was so embarrassing. Hey, but you made it back. But then. Yeah, but then you, because then you I mean you were like you were really into it. So I thought you were gonna. Um, I mean, obviously, then you had your you you did uh, you got into triathlons and did you do Spartans with Alec and stuff like that? No, I was gonna do one recently, but I was injured, so I wasn't. Yeah, able to do so it. but then you did you know you you went and did triathlons, but I thought for sure you were gonna try to row somewhere. Like, how that was the that... plan? Yeah, because I you talked about. I mean, we like kind of joked about Oregon State, but they gave me an offer. Yeah, 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 and that's yeah. a super cool. Like Oregon's Corvallis is a really cool. Oh, it's amazing place. Yeah, they gave it to me though, like two weeks after I heard from Queens though, so it was like yeah, it was kind of too late. And it's a really that's a that's like a even though it's awesome, it's a really far away, very place. different, super different culture, super different, like, yeah, just super far away. Do you know that William Hines? Dude, uh, he he went to he was at OU shame, man yeah he went to Eugene which is where Eugene is where or University of Oregon is um, go Ducks and yeah I think it, yeah go Ducks he was a um I think it was a combination of it was just too far it happens to a lot of people that move real far away for college like it's just too different too far away no, but no, also COVID happened no, so that's what like, it was I was talking to Charles about it I talked to Charles about it yeah. as well and he's like yeah well COVID I just that that kind of made me like it made me sad because it, I've seen it happen at carolina where i've had friends transfer just because their experience is soured by like staying in their apartment and taking class it's like well that's i don't know you can i i would attribute not liking the college experience less to the, about the college and more about the fact that there's a lockdown pandemic yeah well you know like, what i mean it's well, a he, shame because i it think is he does i think he would have liked it i think he would have thrived there um and i was really excited when i heard he was going there um, yeah me just too. because he's such like a outdoorsy like he just loves that shit and he's yeah. like that's he's just his own his guy too, yeah dude he's the best 
Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was upset that like COVID kind of ruined that for him. But what you did during COVID and we touched on it a little yesterday at lunch mm-hmm. is so unique. And I was like, geez, like I, later I was thinking, I was like, that was brilliant of you. Yeah. So like, if you want to explain like, yeah, yeah. Again. So, and it was, I mean, especially because I'm paying out of state tuition and everything and just like doing online class during, you know, for, it's the worst for out of state tuition. wasn't worth it. So yeah, basically at UNC, like UNC was one of the first schools to kind of like blow it when it comes to, um, to COVID. Like basically they were the first ones to like have to shut everything down. Cause we, what happened was in spring 2020, you know, the pandemic hit, everyone got sent home. That was like the beginning of online class. And then they came back and tried to do like a mix of in-person and online classes in fall 2020. So I came back to campus for like maybe a couple of weeks. And then it was like, whoa, we kind of jumped the gun here. We had outbreaks and all sorts of, you know, all the fraternities and stuff got like pocket cases. And a lot of the resident, a lot of the freshman dorm residence halls got like huge cases. And so they basically like, all right, we got to send everybody home. Um, So I went home for a couple weeks and then i've got cousins who live out actually in in boise and then my godparents in in uh in oregon um so i went out to boise for about a week stayed with the cousins that was super fun really outdoorsy cool place just idaho in general um and then went to oregon for about a month in uh, central oregon bend um shout out uh shout out hydro flask and picky bars (laughs) yeah yeah um future sponsors possibly yeah, question possibly, mark possibly <laughs> um and i had a great time out there in bend um and so then i came home or i mean i came home for thanksgiving and then i kind of made the decision over thanksgiving break you know because covid wasn't it wasn't the situation wasn't looking any better so i figured man i don't really want to just go back to school and keep doing online class and so i said let's just take a semester off i'll go work in a new place um, far away and kind of just like see how that goes. It was kind of just an experiment. And I mean, I was nervous about it cause I didn't know a soul out there, obviously. Um, and you went to, uh, yeah, Colorado yeah. steamboat Springs. Um, so that's, I applied to a bunch of resort, like ski resort jobs. That's kind of was like, that's kind of what I was leaning towards. I was like, all right, I think I want to work at, in a mountain town or like at a ski resort. So I originally mm-hmm. applied to, um, do you know, Telluride? Yeah. Like Southwest Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, so I applied to a bunch of like I was going to like wait tables and stuff like that. That all kind of fell through. Um, and then my mom recommended Steamboat to me. It's actually because she went there. She used to go there as a kid sometimes. It's actually not like it's not like your traditional Vail, Breckenridge. It's like a much smaller kind of cozy, authentic. Not that the other places aren't authentic, but it's very rustic and grounded it's kind of different. place. Yeah, it's yeah. different. <clears throat> um, and it's just kind of a quiet. It's really in the middle of nowhere, too. Like the closest thing is Denver, and that's like three hours away. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I got the job as a ski lift operator. <laughs> um, didn't even, I mean, I had to leave. I mean, I got home, stayed for Thanksgiving. I left in like on like December 4th or something like that. So wow. I had. And so I was out there from the 4th of December to like the middle of April, and it was like the best decision I ever wow. made. It was so fun. Um, like I'm I was impressed your parents were like, yeah, go. That's yeah, I, I, my dad was actually like the one who was kind of like, just do it. He was like, I don't, because again, they didn't want to pay out of state tuition for, you know, for you to sit in your dorm and sit in my dorm or sit, in, sit at home even and like just take online classes. And I was like, look, I'm young. This is an opportunity that you can only do. Like, this is the kind of thing that you do when you're our age. You know, a lot of people our age are like so in a rush to get done with school and to like get their lives going. But like, 
we really don't understand how young we are and how much time we have to like figure things out. And I don't know in your, when you're in your early twenties, like that's the time to, to go out on a limb and do cool stuff like this. Um, and that's what I did. And it was like, it was just the best decision. I didn't know anybody, but my roommates actually, one of which was from Tallahassee. So we kind of instantly had a little connection there. Um, and he was like familiar with Jacksonville and everything. The other guy was like, he lived in like, he was kind of just, you, you just meet a ton. You just meet every, from people from all walks of life out there. Yeah. So, well, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a melting pot because so many people kind of like to do what you are saying. And yeah. Just move out there for like a season and work. Yeah. There were like, there were people. <laughs> so there were people like me, like one of my, one of the people that I worked with, um, I two I two of the people I worked with were same position as me. They were taking a semester off school. One of them, one of them was at Rutgers, took a semester off, and uh, he actually he he had a sweet deal because he didn't have to pay any rent because his family had a house on the mountain. No. <laughs> so he just got he got to make money, and then he he didn't. I mean, dude, he I mean, I wasn't making much money. I was I pro I probably walked away from that job with net positive maybe a couple hundred bucks because all my money was going right to rent and food, and yeah. rent's expensive in those towns. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't, but it was the experience. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't out. No. Yeah. Let's, I mean, I wasn't out there for money. Right. Um, but he had a house on the mountain and that was really, that was really cool. And, uh, the other, and another guy was like at Yale. Oh, he knew Gus Buck actually really small world. Yeah. He was Jeez. like, yeah, I know Gus. So he was at Yale. Is Gus there now? Yeah. He's there now. Wow. He's a year. He took, he did a, um, I know he did a gap year or something. Well, no, I think because when he left Episcopal, he just like did the thing where he repeated right, a grade at, the at school. Macaulay in yeah. Chattanooga. Um, but yeah, man, it was fun. Like I just, like it was, life was simple pretty much. I mean, I had a few things to like queue up for the, for the, um, for fall semester at school. Cause I knew I was going to go back, but like for the most part, it was just like get up at five 30, go to work. You know, I only worked four days a week Four I had 10 hour days, four days a week, three days off. It was a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. So it was just like, go to work, come home, chill out, ski every day when I'm off, you know, um, and get to know just i mean all just i just met so many different people from so many different backgrounds like one of my roommates was just straight up one of these nomad types that just like does seasonal work and just kind of just lives um he just bounces around you know like he he would be you know he was in colorado but like before that he was doing something in utah and then i think after uh we all moved out he went out to or he went up to like minnesota to do some fishing thing or something how did you meet these people and like what type of Dude, apartment situation straight up facebook i joined the so the employee so is there like employee there's housing? employee housing but oh, okay. and it's called the ponds and it's like not great housing but at the same time i didn't know that yet so i was looking and i was like well shoot like let's and it is heavily discounted you're paying like right 400 bucks a month because you're working there and oh yeah it's not super nice but you know you get a kitchen and a living room and but it's it's small and i don't think super nice but so i was looking for for on you know like for provided housing by the company but i applied so late because it was such a last minute decision that everything was all taken up. And so I went on to like, you know, Steamboat Springs rooms for rent on Facebook. Yeah. And uh, I put out a little post saying, Hey, you know, I'm moving out here. I'm looking to, I literally didn't know anybody. So I was like, yeah. I'm moving out here and I, I need somewhere to stay until, you know, April. And, um, my roommate, my future roommate, 29 years old, uh, from Tallahassee reached out and he was like, Hey man, like I've got a, uh, <laughs> I've got a room uh, in my, in my place, it's, you know, right outside down. It's really, it was a great location, 
super nice. I mean, the apartment was built like I lucked out because the apartment was built just in like 2019. Oh wow, new apartment basically. Yeah. And so I hope it doesn't hear this, but basically, um, the re I and I pay and it was 900 a month, everything included, utilities included. And for it's a resort bad. town, that's for there? super yeah. good. Yeah. The thing is, it wasn't actually 900 a month. What had happened was, and he won't. I don't think he'll hear this, but he won't. He doesn't live there anymore. He moved back to Florida. Um, but the apartment was, it's a two person apartment, right? Yeah. 2,700 a month. So you're paying 1350 each, except for he had repurposed the office into a bedroom. <laughs> and so this guy, and so this guy from Tennessee, this guy who's been moving around, he's actually, yeah. he's from East Tennessee or Nashville or something. He had like set up a blow up mattress in there. And so <laughs> the, the guy, he just, I would just Venmo uh, you know, this yeah. guy, my rent. And so the landlord didn't know that he was keeping three people in there instead oh of two. And gosh. so we got, and so we just had $900 a month, uh, $900 a month rent. And it's it was smart of him though. Yeah. And I don't think honestly, like even if, you know, actually I think the landlord caught wind of it and said, all right, what's, you know, I think you got to get out of here, but, but it's like, also like they're getting their money. Yeah. Like, why it does, does it really it matter? It shouldn't matter. I don't know. Um, it was great though, man. It was like, right. Literally. 10 minute drive to the mountain to my job um three minute drive maybe so to downtown yeah I, dro- I drove you took your car out i there. did i took oh, okay. i took uh jorman gander all the way out there is that the name of that's it? the name i just I, yeah that's what i named him uh my uh black jeep it's a good Cherokee. car to take out there i mean is it four-wheel drive yep four-wheel drive go. and i had and i we got snow tire we got nice. all terrains put on there um dude and but there were some sketchy moments like i bet when you're on the way from denver to steamboat <clears throat> since it's so kind of there's this really dangerous stretch of road called Rabbit Ears Pass. It's like yeah. a two-lane highway just my, right on the side of the mountain. So my grandparents like, live in Aspen, so we take that road. Rabbit Ears? Dude, yeah. it's like people die on it all the time because yeah. it's like if you ma- – it's two-lane highway. The roads are always iced. If you make one mistake, like you, you could die. It's scary. And I was just – and I had never – and look at you know Mr. Florida Boy driving out there by himself. Never driven in snow before, so I'm going like 40 miles an hour on yeah. this, this highway going super slow. Um I mean, but it was a, it was kind of a cool car ride since because I went up to I went from Jacksonville, drove up to Nashville because that's where my aunt and uncle live, stayed with them, and then did Nashville to Kansas City in a day, and then did Kansas City to Denver, and then that morning I did De- Denver to Steamboat. Took me about three and a half hours, which is about an hour longer than it should take, but <laughs> I was going really slow because I had never driven in snow. Yeah, before. no, that's fair. Um, but yeah, dude, it was. I I'm mean, so impressed, Ben. Like honestly, like I've known you like long enough to where i've like known you to be like more immature yeah you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and like that was a very mature not just a mature thing to do but that was a mature decision to make and that was a unique perspective to take on like the pandemic that like yeah. a lot of people didn't do yeah and i think um, that's really cool yeah yeah it was it was certainly like i won't lie like i was super nervous and scared about it because i had yeah. no idea but you know you get into a groove and everything and i I got really good at skiing. I'll say that. Like I was, uh, man, I got there. I remember, uh, had you been skiing a lot before? No, see, I'd gone twice. I went in whitefish when I was like 12. Yeah. Did greens and blues, but that's about it. And then I went to Breck, uh, bumped into the Murphys and Breck in like 2014, 15. We always joking about that. He's like, Oh, I'm not going to be here over break. Oh, you're going to your cottage and you're going to your, are you going to your, uh, you're going to your uh, chalet in Breckenridge. <laughs> Is Jameson the butler going to yeah, be there? Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, they're going to dine on some Kobe beef from the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> yeah, um, we saw. We, we saw. We them. joke, but we love Connor. No, he's, we do love Connor. Connor's a great guy. Um, but 
so yeah so i'd only been twice and originally the lift i got assigned was like this dinky little kids lift because yeah. i was like because they were like well how good are you at skiing and i said well you know i've been a couple times i can blues about all i said blues about all i can do and <laughs> so i said okay they were they were not happy about that yeah. they were like oh we didn't because on my application i didn't really say how good i was at skiing right, right. Um, but then they open. So then I actually got assi- reassigned to the lift furthest away from base camp on the other side. It's the only lift on the other side of the mountain. Okay. And that's the one that I got put on. But to get there, you got to take some harder runs. And so they were like, listen, well, you have to actually ski to it to get there. Yeah. So like it, it was this lift called Morningside that we I got moved to and it's the farthest one away. So you have to take the gondola and then you have to take a gondola and then you ski down to another express lift take the express lift off and then you have to ski down the back side of the mountain which is interesting which so is you like a, you're skiing every day every single day even going to work and yeah. dude sometimes like honestly some of the best memories it was just like you know you close up shop you know that lift would close morning side we would close that lift at i think it was like i think it was 3 15 but then we didn't get out of there till like four because we had to do all of our duty, you know, yeah. every morning and afternoon safety checks and run through all the procedures. But then some of the best times just like that ski down to base camp because it's a nice like 20 minute just little cruise back yeah. down because you go and you take this little blue run. But there's a bunch of steamboat is known for its tree skiing, which is really fun. It's also hard and dangerous if you don't know what you're doing because yeah. you can I've never done it. Um, I swear I shattered, I almost shattered my knee one time on one of my off days. I ran in there and just boom, slammed my knee and I thought oh. I'd broken it. Um, but it was just because it was so cold, you know, when it's yeah. cold. Yeah. It makes everything worse. Right. But anyway, so yeah, we would just take those, we would just kind of, um, take fun little runs down and, um, you know, at some point it was like, let's do this East face, which is like a double black run. And I was like, Oh guys, I don't know, but you just got to do it for the first time. And yeah. So yeah, by the end of it, I was like pretty com. I mean, fairly comfortable uh, going down double blacks and stuff, which was cool. That's um, crazy. That's epic. And I miss it. Like it's. I mean, I like. I'm. I love being back at school. But like, I'm like, man. Like, I'm sure a few of my friends that I worked with are just out there, just chilling out, just it, on the mountain. Was there a part of you ever that was like, man? I could maybe do another semester of this, or like maybe not go back for a little bit more. I mean, like. I mean, they had reached, they had reached out to me because, you know, I think with the pandemic also, like, remember this, it's starting to get better now, but you know how like at the beginning of the year or big, or like in 2021, there was like this big, there was a big like labor shortage, right? Oh yeah. Because people couldn't work anyway. Well, and like, you know, people were getting stimulus checks as well, which contributed to it. And also, you know, people wouldn't, it was, it was a combination of a lot of things, but like, and so I got an email from Deb, who's an angel. She was my boss. She's like, Hey, you're going to come back. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, I was like, no, I, you know, I have school. What are they talking um, about for this year? For this, like, for this season. But then yeah. at the back of my mind, I was like, oh, it sounds so fun just because it was such a. But I also knew that I wouldn't have the sweet living situation that I had before. <laughs> and my buddies who were my roommates wouldn't be there either. Um, but yeah, part of me did want to go back. But, and I definitely want to, like, I rented, I, I, I went out there and I, they get, you know you get employee discounts on a lot of sh- and a lot of stuff so i rented um a nice pair of all mountain skis for the season but i was like man you know i just need to i need to buy some skis uh i need to buy some equipment and i just need to start um i need to start ski- i was like man i'd love to ski every year problem is it's really expensive but you ever heard of the icon pass yeah it's a great one it's like 600 bucks and you get yeah. it's like pretty much every resort it's ridiculous how many they have now yeah, yeah. um and it's like man that's fun you know obviously i just i don't have the time to I don't know. I'd love to, I'd love, but it made me, that's, I mean, it reinforced what I, I mean, I want to move out to 
close to the snow and close to the mountains, you know, Idaho, Colorado, Oregon. Oregon's got some good skiing now. Really? They do. Mount Hood, oh, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. kind of near yep. Washington, and then they've got Mount Bachelor, which is a little more near Bend. Too. Yeah. But um yeah, my my godbrothers like they ski in the summer because the, it's so high peaks that sometimes there's just snow year round at the very top really? of the mountain. Yeah. That would be a crazy thing yeah, to do. No. But um Go but, swimming yeah. in the afternoon, ski in the mornings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, it was great. Did it change your perspective on what you want to do when you're older? Um, no, I I, th- I think that I still, I think I still want to do. I mean, it definitely changed my perspective on like how I've been living. It's just such a different environment and a different. It really opens your eyes to how much more there is to the world than just you know jacksonville florida i loved growing up in jacksonville but you know i grew up in a it's a bit jacksonville it's a big city but it is a bit like in terms of diversity (laughs) it's a bit of it's a bit of a sphere you know yeah um especially going to episcopal right living in san marco all of that avondale Avondale. yeah (laughs) um it's all the same to me over here (laughs) yeah (laughs) at the beach Uh, avondale is a little more diverse than san marco i think um but but yeah um I don't know. It definitely added to my perspective, but it didn't, it didn't make me want to say, oh, I think I want to, you know, I still wanted, it's still, my sights are still set on doing something in the entertainment business. And however, I mean, it made me think this is the kind of place that I want to retire to or move to when I'm older. I don't want to move back to here. It made me really want to branch out in That's terms good. of like where I want to live. Yeah. It made me want to like, you know, cause originally I was like, you know, I'll probably stay, you know, after college, you know, maybe Obviously, I'm thinking about LA and everything, but I was like, well, maybe I'll settle down in Atlanta or a North Carolina mountain town. But it really made me want to like see see what what you know everywhere has to offer because I haven't still even. I mean, I barely the farthest I've been outside the United States is like Mexico. Never been overseas. Yeah. But but it really it made me want to because just even in America, there's so much there's so much diversity of like place and atmosphere and culture and everything, which is something that I really want to explore. Yeah, no, I, I felt something similar to that this summer when we visited Wyoming and Montana mm-hmm. and none of us had ever been there. And it's, it's such a cool place. Yeah. I mean, and like you like the whole time you're like, Jesus, I'm in the U S still. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. Like, and it's so just so wild and rugged and raw. Yeah. And, I mean, you can have grizzly bears walking next to you, which mm-hmm. we did and behind us on a trail, which was nuts. But, um, it, it does make you, I think it's definitely good to get out and do something like that and get out of your comfort zone as well. For sure. And like my family, we had never really done any out of the country trips either. And then this Christmas we went to Switzerland and it was crazy. I mean, like not even besides the obvious cool factor of being in Switzerland. I mean, there was the whole just difference in culture and just the new experiences and just seeing a much different version of the world that you imagine from your home in Jacksonville. It is crazy. Like those, like, like Utah, if you ever like, what's that um, park in Utah with the arches, know, the arches, it's like those red, orange rocks. Yep. And it's like, man, it's crazy. This is, you know, it's like that's extraterrestrial. A couple like. hours of plane flight from, you know, where I am. It's just crazy. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. Especially cause we live in a place where there are not even hill. Like there's no hills. It's just I know. so I think flat. That's, that's yeah. why it's so, I think, yeah. Every time I see like real mountains, I think that's part of the reason why I'm always such an awe because 
we have a beach, but it's like there's a lot of places that have beaches, and it's not even like our beach is spectacular. I think our beach. I mean, I think in terms uh, of like water clarity yes, and stuff of like cool, that. Absolutely, with the water clarity, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we yeah. got it's like basically like, I mean, yeah. If you go, we walk down to the pier right now. The water is pretty much it's like brackish looking. Yeah, I mean, much. you can't dive here. No, unless you go forty miles off. Um, yeah. I mean, and Jacksonville. I don't know, like. I like Jacks. I used to be like, man, when I left for college, I was like, oh, I'm out of Jacksonville. Thank God. I remember you saying that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, hey, I said it too, and I go to school here now. So right. I get well, it's, it. it's, you know, it's different. It's like, you know, I love Chapel Hill. I love being up there. Um, and I wouldn't change a thing about it. But it does, being, living in like a landlocked, Jacksonville is unique in that there's a major river and a major ocean right here. Not yeah. a lot of, like, not a lot of places have that. Right. Um, and I think that's cool. I think the St. John's gets a bad rap as well. Yeah, just because um, it's so dirty. Well, I don't even think... I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but you remember in high school when I did the uh, water play? Just like me and Mr. Watson and that other guy? Yeah. Um, you remember that, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was on like Global Community Day about water and everything. <laughs> Meanwhile, we walk outside after that and all the fish are dead in the pond. It's like... <laughs> Man, great, great message. Um, anyway, but what I learned through that was that the reason that the St. John's is like darker and looks dirty is actually because of like the tannins of the leaves yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, not to say not to say it's not there are not dirty parts of it. There are for sure. I mean, my grandmother's on the Riverkeeper like board and everything. I mean, so there's sure. I mean, there's it, there's definitely an effort to make it less dirty, but a lot of it well, is attributed. a huge port. So I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, that obviously I mean, is not going to help. But you know, it's St. John's. I always wish that you know I grew up here and I always wish I always wish that I utilized the river more. Because my family, we were never boaters. And the beach, too. Like, we were just never big beachgoers. I think it's because when you live... I think uh, probably a lot of people who live in the mountains view the beach the same way. It's like... Because I know a lot of people at school who are from the Appalachians, like, in North Carolina. And they're like, yeah, the mountains. I'm like, oh, you guys have the mountains. Like, I would go hiking every day. And, you know, I'd be doing all these rivers and, and paddling. Like, uh, not really. And they're like, yeah. But they feel the same way. They go, oh, you live at the beach? You must go every you day. You must go to the beach all the time. I was like, yeah. nah, not really. But it's... So it's all about novelty. Totally. Um, no, I, yeah. I, I get that. And I mean, I practically live on the beach and I don't go that often. Yeah. Like you literally like two blocks, a couple hundred yards, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's about, it's about 150. Yeah. About 150. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'll go if the waves are good, obviously. And I'll it's surf. about a power 10 away from the, uh, <laughs> from the river. <laughs> it's a rowing term, everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's also like when you've lived somewhere so long, it's just like you need to switch it up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I literally was just texting with one of my best friends about possibly uh, living in Charlotte this summer. Yeah. And like trying to see if I could get like a cool internship there just to like switch it up. Just because yeah. it's like it kind of gets stale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I told my parents like I, I'm, I don't I'm never I said the only I, and I love Jacksonville, but I said I could only see myself possibly like retiring here when I'm like 65 or 70 something like that. Like, I don't think that I would ever, I don't think that I would ever try to like start a career here or, and that's again, not because I don't like, like it here. It's just because I want to, I want to branch out. No, I think that's Um, good too. And I I think that like a lot of people sometimes just fall into the trap of just staying in the same place year after year. But it, it, I think it's also hard as like a young person, you know, when you're young, like when you're our age, like it's when you're moving around the most. My cousin plays baseball for the Mariners organization and man, so he'll get pulled to the AAA team and then he'll go to the double A and then he'll go to spring training with the main team, you know, and so he's getting pulled all around the country and you've just yeah. got to always be ready to move. But for people who don't have that, like, 
obligation um it's hard to like it's hard to get out of your comfort zone and leave the only kind of place you have known you know yeah it can, it can be, i'm just it can be hard for people oh, for to sure. do that um so i understand it but yeah i but i've also never viewed myself as someone who's like oh i think i'm just gonna stay in i mean i'm ready to like try go some you know try and see some new stuff you yeah know? no i get it no yeah. me too man i uh i mean i think the only reason why i ended up going to school here in jacksonville was because of the my photography work right I which mean, has been great like yeah it's been great it's it's uh, i've been very fortunate and it's uh allowed me to do some cool stuff but it's getting to the point now where i'm like i would like a change and i'm now more aware of what i want to do like as a career mm-hmm. and to do it i need to be somewhere else true and and the more you try stuff the more you narrow down what you want to do and you've tried a lot of stuff i've tried you've a tried lot a ton of stuff, stuff and that's yeah. great because now you know what your next kind of chapter is going to look like um i mean charlotte i'm sure charlotte's a great i mean i'm sure that's a totally great place for like marketing and advertising and yeah stuff they're, like that. they're booming right I'm sure now. the firms are doing really well there yeah and it's um, also the it's like the home of bank of america so yeah it's just like there's a lot it of is. money b of a for city. sure yeah um carolina panthers good organization uh who else uh i don't think anybody else. who shoot plays in charlotte do the um Hornets. Carolina... it's a basketball team but oh, they're terrible are well, they are they? They have. Um, I think they've they got that good... rookie, the uh, Lamelo Ball. He's pretty good. He's they like had a... someone from Queens to Michael play there. Michael Jordan actually. owns the Charlotte Hornets. Really, ladies and gentlemen, University of North Carolina Chapel Hill graduate, <laughs> which is secondary to six-time NBA champion with the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> oh my god! No, nah, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, my, I think Michael Jordan owns the uh, Michael Jordan owns the Hornets, and then I don't think they have any other. That's weird that that's their own that like the Panthers and. Do they maybe have like a soccer team because I think they have they have another team because I remember seeing it. I think they have more than like three actually. The Carolina Hurricanes play in Raleigh or Durham or something. I know that. Yeah, they're the NHL team there. For anyone who doesn't know, oh. um, but it's yeah, a cool city. Though. It's a, it is cool. My roommate from freshman year is from Charlotte, and I got to go and yeah, it's on. I mean, it, honestly, like it's it, yeah, it's kind of like a Jacksonville that has it more together, sort of. <laughs> It's like a yeah. Jacksonville's like older, Much more cleaner. successful bro- brother who's disappointed in Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, you it's know? it's like the son who turned out to be a doctor, and then the other son, the other is son like is like selling crack behind the garage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I went with bartender, and you went with crack dealer. It's hilarious. No, I'm not. No, it's a uh, do dirty Duval. You know, <laughs> yeah, man. dirty Duval. Um, no, Jacksonville, man, Jacksonville, we're working on downtown. We're working on it. That's we're, what I always tell people for the past five years. So what's up with your, I mean, yeah, I've driven, you know, it's it's a shame I-95 goes right through downtown, <laughs> which is the worst, the worst, part, worst of part of the city. <laughs> Yo, Ben, like, I drove through Jackson, Jacksonville, kind of seems like a shithole. What's, what's going on with downtown? Well, we're working on it. That's my we, placeholder answer. We're working on it. The city council, you know, I will say the I'm Jags, talking with them. We're we're putting in money. I mean, we're putting things together. Have you seen the new um what they're gonna do? Where the landing? That terrible um yeah jacks. It's gonna say jacks, but it looks like it says j jab or something like really? that. Really, I haven't seen that. It's like this. Um, they're gonna put this big metal sculpture that has jacks in cursive on it. What's up with sculptures? Why don't we put some money into some stuff that's actually useful? How about just useful? like a nice waterfront park? Yeah, or just, yeah, like a clean, nice place where people can go, not some stupid statue that is just going to get graffiti on. And Well, and it's a, I mean, this statue is like, I mean, 100 feet tall. It's like a super, it's like why it's going to be the visible it, from like the sky. Why waste money, waste money on that though? Yeah, it doesn't look good. And um, 
Who is that? Know. Who does that benefit? I'm not sure. The egos of the people who fund it. I don't know. <laughs> Facts. But, yeah. But um, Shad Khan, just you know, the Jaguars owner. Um, Dude, how is he not bailed out of this shit show? That's it's what I because understand. well, his son owns the wrestling league, which they they we both have a wrestling do. league. All Elite Wrestling. You don't know about that? No. Do you know? So do you know what WWE is right? Yes. World Wrestling Entertainment. So they they used to have kind of the monopoly on the wrestling business. Yeah. And then so Tony Khan, who is the son of Shad Khan, who owns the Jaguar, started this new wrestling company a couple years ago called All Elite Wrestling, and it's doing really well. And it's like you know they've got a, a deal on. TNT. They, is it they, based here? Yeah, it's based in Jacksonville. Most of their uh, during the pandemic, most of their shows were in Daly's place. Really? Um, and they have like a ton of these huge wrestlers and uh, that they signed, um, and that's doing really well. So I think that's probably a point of interest. But then also, I think does he live here, Shotgun? I don't know, man. He's, he's got, got that, that kid. Super he's yacht. got the kismet, yeah, dude, which is crazy. But he beautiful. Any, so he. They made this deal with the city, and so they're going to do a lot of downtown. They signed this deal for downtown development, and they're going to develop, you know, the shipyards kind of. Yeah. They're going to develop the shipyards um, because we the Lot J thing didn't pass through. We were going to make a um, – there was going to be this kind of entertainment mecca in this big parking lot right outside the Jaguar Stadium, but um, it was – and it, but it wasn't a city-friendly deal. It was going to cost the taxpayers a lot. Um, that's just – I mean, that's – purely my opinion but so that didn't go through so they're gonna develop the shipyards and stuff but i don't know the shod con thing like part of me really likes thinks the jacksonville like thinks the jags if we ever become good can actually be a great selling point for the city because good nfl teams can actually do a lot like the saints having success post katrina did a lot for new orleans yeah um because they had won the super bowl just a couple years after that whole thing happened um it happened with you know well who else did it happen with well philly the Panthers went to the Super they had that great season they went to the Super Bowl like 5 or 6 years ago yeah. and that was really good for them. So if the Jags ever get good, you know, I think that'll help, but I think he is focused first on business and second on football and I think it needs to be the opposite. I think the football will the business will follow if you get the if you make the right, you know, ownership decisions with the team. Yeah, but I think he also I mean, I don't really know a lot about him, but he's probably focused on the the business so he can keep the football afloat correct that's also that's also a good point that's also a good point and but uh, you know I, i'll say this like he i've been very i mean i'm i'll be the first to admit that i've you know i've not exactly been super i've been critical of shad khan in the past um i'll say i admire his he has really good patience obviously he's a really smart guy he's made you know he came here um, he came to America and made billions. He, you know, he invented basically like those car bumpers on the back of cars Really, or maybe didn't invent them, but he streamlined and popularized. Yeah. Them. Um, so he's a smart guy and he's just, I think sometimes maybe his patience with kind of the developments of the team get the better of him. But the reason I think people should stop, people have been calling for him to sell the team. And the reason I'm hesitant to say that is because he's actually one of his biggest strengths is that he believes in the city. So like, there's been a lot of talk about moving the team. If we sell the team, you know, a new owner would like would be like, all right, let's move the team to, um, let's move the team to St. Louis or let's go to London. I mean, London's improbable, I think. Um, but you know, there's been a lot of kind of underground chatter about, man, can we really keep the Jaguars in Jacksonville? But I think the reason Chad Khan. That's a, a big strength of his is that he really believes in Jacksonville and he's invested in keeping the team in Jacksonville, hmm. which I think is a strength of his. Yeah. And I'm not exactly, and again, I'm not exactly sure what all of his motives for that are, but nonetheless, he is 
committed to the city, which I admire. Because I do, you know, I think if we can get downtown under control, it can be one of the nicer, you know, metropolitan areas of the southeast. Because we do have nice areas here, you know, right out here is really nice, the beach. And then yeah. you've got historic um, San Augustine, San Marco, and, um, you know, we've got some nice neighborhoods. Just the urban core is just really struggled. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's interesting, though. Jacksonville is consistently ranked among the list of like top cities for young professionals to move to. It's true. It's a big logistics hub. Yeah. Like whenever, like I was just driving home from school and when you cross the uh, border to Duval County, it's like America's logistics center. Yeah. You know, which I don't know, that might be like a self-given title, but we were in the running for like an Amazon headquarters a couple years ago. Do you remember that? Well, we have an Amazon warehouse yeah. here. Yeah. But, but they not- were, they were going to um do a headquarters, some sort of like logistics headquarters huh. here, uh, but it never happened. Cause yeah, it's a big port town and yeah. um you know, we i95 runs through us and i10 starts where we are like you can you can get on i10 in jacksonville and ride it all the way out to los angeles yeah um that's true and Um, it's the biggest city in the united states uh the biggest continentally in the continental united states by landmass the largest city in america but you know what charlotte has what national whitewater rat outdoors let's go dude (laughs) man the whitewater i need to get back up there because do you yeah how often do you did you oh it was winter you didn't take your boats out to colorado no did you take them to idaho um no but we had gone we had been to boise before like we just we've been up there a few times yeah and so we paddled the uh, payette river which is a whitewater river that runs a little bit it runs uh it runs south it goes from up north there's this place in idaho above uh boise called the cascades it runs from i think it runs way further it's a really long stretch but it runs through the cascades down to boise and uh, we did a little section of the pay it and it was a lot of fun um so didn't have the boats out there but yeah we went to the whitewater i remember we went to the whitewater center like when i was when i was doing college tours so we did chapel hill and then we went and did davidson which is like davidson's like 45 minutes away from charlotte yeah basically in like a little suburb um, and so we took the boats up and we, <laughs> we went to the whitewater center and it had been, and the last time I had been paddling was like summer camp, um, when I was in like, you know, ninth grade. Yeah. And so I was, it had been like a couple of years, maybe two or three years. And so I was really rusty and man, it kicked our, it kicked my ass, man. <laughs> I was flipping all the time. So I, ha- I know how to roll. Yeah. Um, so I would just be, but I would be like, roll up, flip right over, roll up, flip right over. I was Damn. going like a, I was like, it was like, I was in a dryer, a washing machine oh or God. something. <laughs> And it kicked my ass, and I got scared because I was like, well, I don't understand. How am I bad at this? But, yeah. uh, but then, you know, you get the hang of it, and then I went out there another time um, freshman year and was more in practice, and Whitewater Center is a lot of fun. Dude, I got wrecked in Montana. What ri- well, what river did you do? I don't remember what river it was, but so we went – so it was at the end of our trip, yeah. Wyoming and Montana, and – my parents signed up for the whitewater rafting like months before we went because you got to like reserve it. Yeah. And my mom's like, oh, they have singles. Like, do you want to do a single? Like set? a ducky kind of A thing? ducky, yeah. yeah. For those who don't know, a ducky is a, a rubber. Infl- it's an inflatable open boat kayak. Right. Yeah. But it's a one person. It is one person. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. That'd be cool. Like, um, I'll have fun. Like, because I didn't want to like you. I've done like it in the big boats like my family before. And I was like, it's like whatever, you know. But I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do the ducky or the single right and we get there and it's very like there is hun- there's so many people there and they are very like go 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 like we got to move because you got to like it's a system like you got to get your boat down then then people behind us have to go and then it's yeah. like those you- raft guides create an atmosphere of hectic d- dude yeah. it's nuts <laughs> it's like can we just take it like for dope smoking 
hippies, like, they are really intense. This is the only time of the day we're productive. Let's go. <laughs> and the only reason I said dope smoking is because my dad, he uses that term, and I just think it's hilarious. Yeah. Um. But anyway, and he, uh, so the guide was like, have you ever done it before? I was like, yeah, I've been in the, like, the bigger boats. He's like, oh, okay. The just, raft. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, he's like, oh, it'll be fine. Like, just, and he gave me, like, some minor instructions. Like, all right, here we go. And I'm like, oh. Was okay. it like class fours and crap like that? Like huge, huge water? There may have been a few, like a couple. Even I, class threes are, I mean, those can be, if it you might know have what been you're just, doing, it's like, those are. And tough. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. But you but, don't know what line to take. Dude, or I have you're no just clue. Easy forward. <laughs> no clue. And, but the ego in me is like, oh, I'm an athlete. I'm an outdoors guy. I yeah. can do this. Like, I'll be fine. No. So I get going. I go through a couple of the easy ones and I'm like, oh, that was no problem. I crushed it. And, and then oh, one comes up and he gives me a little instruction and little did I know, so the raft went before me, and he told my parents, he's like, yeah, I think he's going to fall on this one. And then I eat it. I go underwater. I come up. I have no idea what's going on. Boat's gone. Paddle's oh, gone. That's scary. I'm bleeding on my elbow. Eesh. I hit a rock. Like I, I have to swim like across the river to the raft for them to pull me out. And um, it was horrible. And I think I fell... I don't know if I fell again, but I almost did. And it was honest to God, like one of the scariest moments of my life. Dude. Because I was then freezing. I had no control, no idea what I was doing. And there was nothing anyone could do. It is scary, man. Like, I was like, I'd never have to do this again. Like, I want to do it at like the Whitewater Raft Center because it's a little more controlled well, at the same time though that's all man-made and so if you get too deep underwater in the whitewater center you know they make all those rapids by tnt or at least that's how i think they do it i might be wrong but like it the nanahala they have some man-made stuff and they make it by oh, dem- oh yeah, demolition yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um so you got to be careful there too but like that's the thing about whitewater and part of the one of the reasons i love it so much or um is because so my inst- one of the instructors at this camp i went to high rocks in uh, cedar mountain north carolina um, shout out, shout out. I uh, worked there for a summer, a couple summers Whoop. ago. Um, one of the, like the head kind of guy there, he'd been there for just decades and decades and decades. His name is Fritz or by the way, how awesome what is a that? Name. How awesome is Did that? He give them na- his, that name himself or no, that- but he says I was born in a tandem canoe. That's Whoa. what he tells us. <laughs> um, anyway, he, um, just hit a rock and just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he, and he makes like handcrafted wooden paddles of course and, he and does. they're gorgeous too. Um, so he, so he's like, you know, he's got to be in his 60s or 70s by now. But And then he'll come on some of our river trips. You watch him paddle and you realize whitewater is not at all about how athletic you are, about how strong you are. Yeah. It is such an art form. And it's so about just like knowing how to move and work with the water. I mean, this guy takes, I mean, you'll see him go down like a class four rapid in his open boat, you know, one person canoe. And he's just like easy, long, gentle strokes. But it's all about just like, the precision of it yeah and it's so cool watching that because you know a lot of the people who don't know what they're doing you know, just paddle super hard super yeah. hard and work against it and then they'll you know fall i love um, watching experts do stuff they're because they make it look so yeah. easy like watching phenomenal surfers yeah or like exceptional rock climbers yeah oh my god oh it's i can do that i can do that and yeah. then you get to it and, oh shit i can't do any of this um i was climbing for a while i got into it like because we right. have yeah. The gym at UNF, and then we have the Edge. I think we've gone climbing at uh, Edge Rock as well. Yeah, we, I had a membership done, with like buddies of mine, and yeah. I was getting up to sending 511s. Really? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I used to like, 
it, when I was at, at that same camp, I uh, got my belay license. That's right. That's right. Because yeah. I would belay you sometimes. Yeah, you and we. Uh, we Connor and Kiefer went. And maybe Connor. Yeah. I don't know if Connor. I know Kiefer, but Kiefer was there. Oh, we definitely. Yeah, Kiefer has his own harness. We went a couple years ago. Um, man, climbing is a climbing will pump your forearms like nothing, dude. My dude. forearm, it oh, it just kills my forearms. Yeah. So I got to the point where when I was you know this scrawny little middle school kid. I liked. I was like, nah, I'll just stick to belaying. I like belaying more than climbing because it would hurt my, you know. It's like it's a if workout. I, if I don't gotta, I'm five eight and below at that point. You know what I mean? I'm doing the intermediate and easy stuff. And then we'd go on trips to like um, Looking Glass and Pisgah or like um, Rumbling Bald, um, just these places on the mountains. And it's not like walls where it's just straight up. Like a lot of times, it's just inclines. So you can kind of just like do a little crawl up. Um, it's a fun sport. It's a cool sport. It is so cool. It's hard though. It is hard. You have to like, dude, continuously work at it. Cause like, also everyone that I see that is like a climber professionally is always like super good at like calisthenics, super lean. Yeah. Like just like no really, body fat. Yeah. Like <clears throat> crazy, dude. Like, did you see the um, strength? Did you see the guy who like free solo? You've seen Alex Honnold. Right? Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. That guy is a lunatic. I love him, but dude. he's sick. I mean, but it's just like okay, if you mess up, you're dead, <sighs> dude. He it's did. What crazy. did he? Did he climb El Capitan? Yeah, with nothing. With nothing. Over three thousand feet of vertical granite. That is just nuts. And my feet for are those of you that right don't know, about it. El Capitan is like the hardest. It's, it's one of mecca. the hardest faces in the United States to climb because there's like nothing. It's just like yeah. a wall. There's like hardly. I mean, every hold is like a crimp hole. Dude, my feet, hands are literally sweating right now thinking about Man, it. Man, mine as well. It's oh like my god, so hard. Yeah, but um, that was the that was honest to god one of the best documentaries I've ever seen free solo that's a good one it was beautifully shot yeah. great story it was, it was epic agreed jimmy chin man legend mm. a legend indeed would you ever want to get into like filming that kind of like working on projects like that um i think i'm more into like i mean if the opportunity presented itself and if i if, if that was something that i would need to do to you know to make waves and to like ascend and in the industry i would totally do it but my interest like if i could choose my interest is more in like fiction stuff like that why is that do you think um because i feel like fiction has more to do with like the storyboard the writing the direct i mean i'm not to say that directing is not important in non-fiction stuff but like i feel like with the non-fiction like a lot of stuff you do it's way more about the technicalities of it and like how good the camera looks and like you're more telling a story through the the visuals versus through the dialogue. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I don't know. I and I also just I I like I've always been a very like I've always been like since I was a little kid. I've always been super into like Star Wars and Batman and all these just fictional universes and I think that like I don't know. I'm just super drawn to creating things that are separate from reality. Not to say that I don't appreciate documentaries and stuff like that but like yeah my preferred medium of like film is definitely fiction so like what genre then like would you prefer like drama comedy action like because all of those can be non all of those can be fiction you're right yeah. uh yeah i mean and non-fiction i mean i've seen i mean there are tons of funny documentaries out there as well um i think right now i'm probably more drawn to like thriller Drum. I mean, honestly, the, I'm just honestly. It's more about what genres I don't like because I think I, I I like most of the. I don't. I'm not a big fan of romantic comedies. Like, just that's just never really been my thing. Yeah. Um, never been like a huge fan of like. 
I don't know. I guess it's I guess it's pretty much rom coms. I've just never been a big fan. Um, comedy writing is very hard, people especially think, nowadays. People think yes. People think that like a lot of people think. Oh, comedy is so much. You know, it's so much harder to no. write drama and write dramatic moments than it is to write comedy. I think comedy is the hardest. Comedy is the is so hard to write, especially yeah. if you're gonna take the high like clean comedy especially dude is so hard because it's easy to get people to laugh at at dirty jokes and stuff i mean easier by comparison to get people to laugh at dirty jokes yeah um but to make a pg-13 comedy right it's like how do you do that right it's so hard (laughs) you can't and that's and i mean it's a big reason why no one's making them now right i mean but comedy is it is comedy is so hard i honestly haven't even like i took a class in freshman year uh writing the for about writing we like wrote an episode of a sitcom um that was hard and honestly like i haven't tried it since um i mean i i like to write things with moments here and there of com- like when when a moment of comedy presents itself to me when i'm writing something i'll try to work it in because i'm not i don't like writing things that are just drowning you out and brooding yeah dark now i'll say this that's what batman we're going to see batman tomorrow but that's yeah, what that yeah. is it's like there's no comedy it's all like dark i kind of figured but you have to make it's hard to make that work but like but i, I kind of love it like when there yeah. is like when you lean into it yeah but also it, it is nice when there is like that comic relief in like a drama where it's just a moment like just a very just tiny little moment tiny moment like i think the christian nolan uh, christopher, christopher nolan, nolan yeah. i was saying christian bale yeah the uh christopher nolan movies they have the, a good amount of like i think they have comic a relief good yeah and it's really fun like it's like you're like especially in the first one batman begins has like a lot of funny dialogue yeah and it works. Like it's, when he it, jumps into that fountain with those girls and he's just like, well, I'm buying the, the place and I think we're going to make some changes. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't work. They're like, remember in the dark night, I'm not wearing hockey pants. That didn't work for me. It's like, come on. When was that? I don't really remember. Remember at the that. very beginning of the dark night when he's like, I think oh, it's yeah. the beginning. He's like, what's the difference between you and me? I'm not wearing hockey. It's like, dude, really? <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, that's a little bit too. But yeah, it, but essentially, yeah, it's just to write a thing that's purely comedy is like so hard that's why people like mike myers that came up with austin powers and people that come up with these intellectual properties that are like solely comical and satirical like dude those are the geniuses like judd apatow but he is more like rom-coms he probably didn't even see any of his stuff that yeah that like rings a bell judd apatow he's made a ton of movies yeah i mean there's a lot of like most of the comedy i'll say this Comedy movies probably have the highest like failure rate in terms of like critical acclaim. Yeah, I think a lot of Dude, them so many stinkers come out that yeah. are comedies. Like we were talking um, about that yesterday. I mean, as much as I love him, Adam Sandler puts out a lot of stinkers. His But I, they do so well they at the do. same time. It's it's the um strategy. See I was when I was in Colorado, I was on the phone with um do you remember uh you you know the Jangros? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steven Jangros is an editor with Bloomhouse, which is like a horror film. Um wow. It's like a horror film production company. They make most of, probably most of the horror films they have a part in producing. And their strategy is like a lot of those movies that they put out, he would be the first. I mean, he like told me, he was like, yeah, a lot of them don't do well. So, or a lot of them don't do well in terms of um, like critics and audience uh, review. Yeah. But their business model is you pump out like 20 of those, you know, you pump out dozen, a dozen of those a year. You throw a bunch at the wall, one of them's gonna stick, and you'll end up making more money than you lose. That's like their business model, that's and that's kind of crazy lo- to think about. Yeah, it is, and I mean that's what happens with comedy with Adam Sandler too. You make so many movies, even if um, you know they're all kind of stinkers. Like you're, you know that because of the names that you're attracting, like Adam Sandler and everything, you're gonna probably gonna clear. You're gonna 
you're going to do better than just break even. You're going to make money. And yeah. that's what a lot of people do. Whereas some, a lot of the indie studios will just like put out a movie and it's kind of a, a risk. Well, know? do you know who Mr. Beast is? Yeah, man. Mr. Beast got Crohn's disease. Yeah, he does. He's an, advo- I, he's an advocate. I know. I was listening to a podcast. Rick got him the about- ri- richest man on earth with Crohn's disease. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he does the opposite approach like his YouTube videos. Like yeah. if he doesn't feel like it's good, he's like, even if I put a million dollars into it, I will mm-hmm. scrap it. I don't care. I was like, that is fascinating. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat in the entertainment yeah. business for sure. Um, yeah, Mr. Beast just did that Squid Game. Yeah, yep, that was. I don't know how he didn't catch he put, a lawsuit. He put four. Well, the action. I was just listening about this, and the guy who created the original one was like, "Yeah, I want people to make variations of it. Like, go for it. It's fun." Right. So he was about it. Um, but he spent four million dollars on that video. Yeah, dude. Like he doesn't even make money on his. He videos. does. I don't even think he's he, that wealthy because no, no, everything that he makes, he gives away. Well, also he just all reinvested all into his business. Right. Everything he like he lives in a regular house. R and D. He just drives a, a Tesla, and he's like, yeah, I'm not I'm only a Tesla. But like, <laughs> no, he's not like he's mean. ripping in a Lambo. No, 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 no. You're right. And yeah. Teslas are becoming more common. Dude, I love them. I would. I want one. Yeah, those gas. Yeah, people. People right now are are bragging about like a. Uh, have you seen are, the memes? Like, yeah, it's like people are bragging about Teslas and act like their down payments are $900 a month. <laughs> like they're not paying $900 a month for their uh, Teslas. <laughs> they're like, yeah, I don't – $7. Couldn't be me. If I'm like charging their Teslas, someone responds like, dude, you're literally paying 900 bucks a month for this Tesla. Dude, they're sick though. Like the Model 3, it's a great car. Yeah. Um, it's like the lesser. It's the lower end one. Yeah, I mean, electric cars, I think electric cars are pro- they're probably all going to be hybrids. I mean, I think within the next 20 years, most of the cars will probably have hybrid options. Well, I mean, like GM, like by 20, there's a number they put out that all their cars are going to be electric by. Really? Yeah. Wow. And then Ford now is making the electric F-150. Yeah. The Lightning. I, I'm worried about that because like, here's the problem is like you solve one problem with the oil short, like with like the oil and everything, but then you might be creating another one by like, now you're using so much energy and mm-hmm. it's like, well, you don't want to just like shovel coal and like that's cause that's coal is not great for the, <laughs> that's not very good for the environment. So you don't want to go back to the coal standard pretty much. Right. So you got to figure out a way to find some good energy source. A buddy of mine was like, dude, I found the, the best energy. I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. The best new energy source is something Bitcoin. called it's called Matt. And what it, Matt is, this is my friend, you know Thomas, remember from Thomas? Yeah. Yeah. So he uh Matt, it's basically like garbage and it's basically just like garbage and unrefined like oil, leftover oil that's like concentrated into these like ingots and you burn them. He's like that's the future, man. It's super cheap. Nobody knows about it. I haven't even done research about it. I'm just putting that out there. Wow. So if someone listens to this and you want to make Matt, M-A-T, I believe what it's called, the next renewable energy source. Go for it. You know who to thank. <laughs> ben Ketchum. Not, well, by proxy, Thomas. Yeah, my buddy Thomas. Wait, which Thomas? Uh, McLaughlin. Remember him? Oh, I thought you were talking about Kazersky or Henley. No, no, McLaughlin. Um, do you remember? You don't know who that is? I'm forgetting. It's been a while since I've talked to him, but uh, yeah. But yeah, he he was telling us about that in high school. Um, or we can just get a bunch of like, I don't know, dude, how come that like, there aren't gyms where they've got like treadmills that you run on and create energy? Dude, I think about that every time I row. Why aren't we just, why isn't this going why into a, yeah. yeah. Why are we this not producing kinetic energy. power banks? 
Why why are we not storing the energy we all work out with? Like what if dude, what if cable machines did that? Like Dude, uh, all, all machines could do it. Every shame. machine could how sick would that be? And it incentivizes uh exercise as well. It'd be like, yeah. well, more energy, you know. Dude, if like everyone had like a rower in their house and they just or like a like a treadmill. <laughs> you don't get power unless you <laughs> do five row 5k in 20 minutes today. That's what you got to do or else we're shutting off your power and you get <laughs> and you get nothing <laughs> your listen. food will go bad your milk will go bad <laughs> they're just like I'm, I'm trying i gotta get that ac back on <laughs> oh dude that that is an interesting concept wouldn't that be cool It'd be sick if gyms they would not only just be gyms for working out but they would also be power banks that's your membership you contribute you, you don't pay you contribute to you, the con- ener- you contribute yes. to energy production yeah that is genius put a huge solar roof on the top of every gym because mm-hmm. gyms are big and they can just be good solar panels. Honestly, dude, that why isn't like because like when you think about it, and if also the power ran the gym, you wouldn't yeah. have to like do monthly like utilities payments if right. you're the gym owner, dude. But also like think <laughs> about like I mean I don't know. I'm think about like apartment gyms also. Like you could run. I mean this is like so far fetched, but like so far fetched. How cool would it be? How cool would it be to get a discount on your monthly rent if you contributed to the energy to, to the, the bill? Right. The utilities bill. And you're getting your Right, you're gonna do it yourself you're, as you're well. You're probably gonna do it anyway. Getting shredded as well while you're at it. Yeah, it's I mean, a win win. Like, a lot of people have spin bikes at their apartment gyms. Like throw hop on that, burn get some watts going. Mm. Dude. That would be sick. What did, what did we just stumble upon here? Dude, did this we is just what... solve the energy crisis? <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you podcast. This is it, man. This is this the is dream. It. Yeah, Ben's looking at all my I've like so many yeah, film you got a tools. lot of uh, oh is this is like a tripod yeah it's a mini yeah, tripod it was some sort of muscle massage, muscle <laughs> massager dude i've i literally have like four tripods yeah one for everything i don't know we just solved the energy crisis though people we did it's so funny any more advice you would give for young people in, interested mm. in your field mm. um young people in the entertain oh yeah uh, by the way i'm studying um I'm studying economics, dramatic arts, and minoring in screenwriting. Double major uh, and a minor. Double major and a minor. Uh, I will say though, like the econ major is a thir- it's like a standard thirty hour degree. Theater's twenty seven hours, and then this yeah. this writing minor should be fifteen hours, but there's a an overlap course, so it's only twelve hour. Oh, that's good. Minor. Um, so it's not like I'm, you know, I don't have a ton of room for electives, but it's not like I'm like you're killing yourself. It's not like I'm. Organic chemistry, <laughs> double major with statistics, minor in um urban planning it's not like whoa it's not like that um like, when you say be, it though it does like it, when you throw econ in there too it well, sounds impressive yeah economics yeah um no oh, i would do you not call it do you not call it econ no econ yeah I just oh call okay, it econ, okay yeah um no i don't say uh, economics every time i say it like some arrogant d-bag oh. um <laughs> i try not to i don't know um yeah I mean, most people just there call it econ and then oh the dramatic arts major drum because really? these are like, because it's like the shortened, like when you're signing up for courses, it's like the oh, course, like, drum yeah, yeah, yeah. 282 or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I'm a drum major. Oh my God. Drum. That sounds worse than saying dramatic arts. Yeah. So I, I usually just tell people that I'm a theater, I'm just like a theater major. I'm a theater kid. But it's not all acting. It's like a, actually a more well-rounded degree. It's like, there are Probably acting- Probably helps you with just like communication skills Well, right. Too. It's like, there's an acting, there's a acting courses you can take, which I'm taking, but then there's also like, you know, you take theater, you take um, script analysis, you take theater history classes you take um 
you take a set design course you take a shop class where you like build stuff for like sets like i did that last semester um and then there's like a um like a directing class and so you know it's more than just like it's not like an act i don't call it an acting major because that's not what it is but like a something like a directing class that's applicable to like the business so, world as like a manager so something and like dude that. i'm only been in that class for a couple months and it's like already super informative because yeah. directing like isn't exclusive to the arts like you, right directing is just like directing is a role that you have in any sort of collaborative project really yeah um so that's been really yeah but i mean as far as advice goes like i don't know it's really hard to get like it's hard to get intern like you don't really get internships in the entertainment space like at least in my experience and what from what people tell me like you don't really get internships and jobs in the entertainment space when you're young and in college on things like linkedin and indeed you get it because you know somebody who knows somebody like that kind of thing it's not like it's, I mean, it's a corporate industry. Like, there's obviously very, like, corporate, like, you know, WB and Disney. Like, these are all huge corporations, right? But it's, in terms of, like, in terms of, like, getting your foot in the door, it's not, you're just a fish in a, you're just a minnow in an ocean. So, it's, like, because there's so it's such a competitive thing. You've just got to know somebody. You've got to, it's all about making relationships with other people and cultivating those relationships and hoping that that turns into something. And, and it's hard. And if you can't get you know, the best thing you can do is, and this goes for anything is if you can't get, you know, the internship you want or the job you want, what you, I mean, you don't necessarily have control over that a hundred percent of it, but what you do have control over is just always be working on a skill or like working on a project. Like if you're in, you know, if you want to be a writer, always have a script you're working on. Or if you're a photographer, always be going out, taking pictures, finding what editing style works best for you. If you're like, even, I mean, if you're, a painter always be painting something but it goes for it goes for anything so i guess just like stay um stay involved with what you enjoy and just try to get good and just try to develop a skill that's kind of just what i've learned um because eventually when you do get an opportunity when you do get a break you have a bigger port you have a portfolio to draw from you have a bigger portfolio to draw from and um a lot of it is just about discovering your own process and like what works for you as well in terms of like doing anything creative like just the more you do it the more you discover things about how your process operates kind of yeah no i i can attest to that because i mean i I literally had a a shoot today and um like since i've been doing it for a while and then like i know exactly what i have to do like i know it's just kind of automatic like when i'm in the position like i know what i have to do like i know what settings i know what lens to use like i know how to frame something and then like once you just practice and practice and practice and figure out what works for you and like what style you like, you can apply it to work and then, then you're doing the job and then you can actually like turn that into a business. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's tough though, but it's a, gotta, gotta get out there and grind. Right. And speaking of grind, we're about to go work out, right? We're about to go do the, um, we're about to go do the, uh, the Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne training montage (laughs) workout. In Batman v Superman, when he's hitting the when he's hitting the tire with the hammer and doing weighted pull ups and yeah sled pushes and all that, I, I, wrote, I wrote some stuff down. Some of it's in that, so it'll, it'll be good. You <laughs> yeah, ready? in your uh, in your unit in your CrossFit garage. Yeah, uh, which yeah. I, I like. I keep like I mention it every now and then, but I still need to make an official start charging people, man. Now you got to charter. You would have to charter the business and everything. Yeah. Uh, all right. It's in the yeah the second floor of the storage unit. <laughs> 
<laughs> come by. We don't have AC. We don't have... But, no, it's you know. an outdoor one. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? Wait, how do you... What do you mean outdoor storage? I'll show you over there. All right. Yeah. For is those my... listening, I'll, I'll, I'll make a video soon and you can look on my yeah. YouTube channel. Is this... Is it... Wait, is the reds on? Does that mean I'm muted? No, you're good. Woo! <laughs> All right. We're... Yeah, that would have sucked. But, um... We're we're good. This was this was fun. This I, was I fun. love seeing you. I mean, we're gonna see each other three days in a row. Yesterday, it's fantastic. Today. After we, I mean, I haven't seen Wilson and I haven't seen Wilson in two years. Yeah. Last time I was right here on this couch uh, during the pandemic, like when the pandemic just started, we all got sent home. I think that was the last time I saw you. I think so too. It's I been think a while. Keith over here too. Maybe. Maybe I think Matt as well. I think you're right. Actually, yeah, yeah, Matt yeah. as well. Yeah, that was the last him. time I saw him for sure. <laughs> Never seen again. <laughs> maybe yeah. he'll listen to this. And maybe he'll come. Yeah, Matt, come on the podcast. You too, yeah. Kiefer. We need to do a try episode with you yeah, and yeah. Kiefer. That'd be fun, dude. That that'd be some laughs right there, dude. It would get loud. You're rowdy. It'd get loud. It'd be fun. But thank you so much dude. for coming out. Hell yeah! Thanks for having me on, man. Of course, it's always a uh, great talking to you. Thank you everyone for listening. See you later.